0: From X by Thomas Old Owelt people find hope, comfort, or confidence in making the sign of the cross or not walking under a ladder, just as you find hope and confidence in offering a pennant to the witch. Magic exists in the minds of those who believe in it, not in its actual influence on reality this. Is Gothic. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama. As such, it contains material, including our jokes, that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Good evening, sojourners, and welcome back to the Gothic Podcast. Tonight, we're actually leaving the Alien RPG behind for an evening as we return to Macon, Missouri, and the contemporary now. Now, I know that if you've been keeping up with all of the episodes, that uh, you might think there's nothing left for us to discuss in Macon, Missouri, because, well, didn't the characters already enter a book world? Isn't that what the alien RPG thing is all about? Well, yeah, but there was still some stuff that happened between the time that Pestilence, is chained in the Convocation of Angels by Laurie of the Angels, and the time when Dr. Grace Moreau, L.J. Bradley, and Nathan Winters re-enter the book worlds. And so we're going to just take a little breather from all of that alien horror and return to some more of our classic gothic or Southern Gothic, if you will, in mid-Missouri. When last we left our intrepid hunters, well, the scene wasn't very pleasant. In fact, you might even say it was dire. Dr. Grace's van was flipping end over end as pestilence appeared in front of it and did the whole Hellboy thing, causing the van, the Sprinter van, to flip over and over. Inside the van, Sloshy, the doppelganger of Jacob Candle, is in slow motion, head flopping around, bits of slosh coming off of him, left and right, inside of the cab. Next to him, Dr. Grace in the passenger seat. Behind them is Haven Harrow, being flung around in the back of the van as it flips over as well as Nathan Winters, who, surprise, surprise, was also there this entire time. Hello, everybody. <laughs> he says, as he, too, does the whole uh, Deadpool spin in slow motion in midair during the car wreck. It's so a very slow, hey, yo. <laughs> and so, in fact, I want to start with Nathan Winters here. Nathan. Let's go back because interestingly enough, this experience that you've had ever since being trapped in that original book world, the Castle Kane book world, is not the first supernatural experience that you've had. Back in Texas, you owned and managed a movie theater, and back there was when your interest in the supernatural uh, began, not just though because of the horror movies that you and your uh, girlfriend enjoyed so much, but for some other reason. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that original first experience with the supernatural.
1: I understand that everybody's introduction into the supernatural is, well, they're all just a little bit unique, and mine was also unique. You see, there it was getting the the film a rolling because you know in the old ones we had to use film and one of my favorite movies still got it gremlins love that movie that little gizmo <laughs> he cracks me up every time that little noise he makes i love it. i I just love that gizmo and there i was winding up the film and, and i heard that noise i thought well i ain't got the film going yet why is there a noise i thought i'd double check make sure ain't something wrong with the sound or i missed something and I, but, I kept hearing that little gizmo noise over and over and over again. So I look around the theater. I never did find myself a gremlin, but you know them little egg thingies when they turn into the big mean gremlins there? I found one of them. I thought, you know, maybe maybe I should put the bottle down in between the uh, in the movies and uh, maybe not drink quite so much. Not that I'm a big drinker, but, you know, every once in a while I like to have me a little sip or something. But I'll be darned if that thing didn't hatch out one of them big old nasty gremlins and he wouldn't <laughs> run amok in the theater. And, I mean, I, I just kind of reacted. I didn't know what was going on.
0: Well, let's find out. Let's go back <laughs> to that moment at the theater. Let's go back to that crusty, organic egg thing splitting open the cocoon that it was, the gremlin, its long green and splotchy brown and black fingers gripping the sides of that egg and tearing it apart.
2: I thought we were out of the alien-verse.
0: And pushing itself out, much like Lazarus (laughs) Cain just did in the alien-verse. That is actually the
1: correlation my brain made when you said that, by the way. Oh, really? (laughs) For some reason, that scene reminded me of the gremlins, whether you described it, and I have no idea why, but that's, that's how that came to be.
0: Nice. And then that triangular head with its big, sharp ears and its long snout filled with sharp teeth, the red and the black inside of it drooling as it pulls itself out of the goo of its own cocoon. And it opens its big old eyes, and you see those cat-slit orange slices there in those big black orbs. And it looks right at you, and if if Gizmo sort of imprinted on people in the movie Gremlins, this one does more or less the opposite. It decides mm-hmm. that you must be the sustenance it needs to become more and bigger, and it launches itself at you. What do you do, Nathan Winters?
1: Well, there's that moment when your brain kind of starts to wonder, like, is this real? Like, what, what is happening? You know, there's that hesitation. But for some reason, Nathan looks over realizes there's about a half-full bucket of popcorn still sitting in one of them seats somebody left from one of the last shows. And he just grabs that and throws it at that whatever-the-heck-it-is, I guess,
0: a gremlin, and uh, runs. Well, I guess that's going to be some Act Under Pressure 2D6 plus cool.
3: I really love these
0: roles. I'm so glad we're playing some Monster of the Week.
2: I know, right? Uh, Act Under Pressure.
0: That is a total of five. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you throw that old box of popcorn at the gremlin. the The kernels hit it, and and it just sort of uh, bats it aside. The the kernels flying like snow all around, like uh, the snow in the movie uh, would be had you ever managed to get it started. And it launches itself off of the um, seat that it was on. And as you turn to run, having thrown the popcorn uh your foot steps in a really big clump of glue uh, like gluey nasty gum on the floor and your foot just locks there for a moment it doesn't very long i mean it's just gum but it it's long enough and then you feel the the gremlin like latch onto your back and just start clawing away at your uh presumably denim shirt you know me so
1: well (laughs) what do you do well, seeing how I was in the aisle and all, uh, and there's this big gnarly gremlin thing. I guess he's not that big. But he's gnarly, and he still feels big on my back, clawing away like that. So uh, I'm just going to uh, turn around and just, like, throw myself backwards into the wall and smash that gremlin between me and the wall as hard as I can. Okay. That would be kick some ass. 2D6 plus tough. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. I, was, I thought I had a thing, but I don't. That's not a thing.
0: Uh, what is that? A? so 9 okay nice here's your choices oh wait no i'm sorry it's kick some ass so it's not choices <laughs> uh, so exchange harm is what happens on a uh, on a 9 in kick some ass you're going to do a fair bit of harm here to it you're smashing it into the uh into the wall uh, what is your what is your tough 1 1 okay so i'm going to um yeah i'm going to say That sounds like a good damage. You do one harm to this gremlin, it goes right into your ear. But that isn't what you really are focused on, even as you feel it gouge into your back and do uh, two harm to you with its nasty claws and bitey teeth. It's the other cocoons that are opening (laughs) up all around the theater, and the other gremlins that are starting to leap out of them. Well sojourners at home i just used a hard move
2: <laughs> remember those
1: <laughs> what you got there is a uh real predicament that's what uh call something like that say well uh is that old gremlin still clawing away at my back yep uh, well i suppose best thing i can do is run before more of them start clawing at me i kind of know where i'm going to go though i'm gonna run Head. Out, i need to head out front into the lobby
0: Let's all go to the lobby, let's all (laughs) go go to the the lobby, lobby. let's all go to the lobby and buy ourselves some snacks.
3: I'm trying to figure out if this is, like, Marv, or if it's, like, some weird mix between Marv and, like, Steve from Stranger Things as a movie theater, (laughs) like, projection (laughs) operator or something like that. And he's like,
0: whoa! So you are trying to escape here. Read a bad situation. Two D six plus sharp. I'm trying to get you get you to you know level up here this evening. Oh, you did get an experience point for that uh, six minus earlier. Don't forget. Oh. oh, good lord. Uh, that's a six. Yep. On a six, you get a you don't get any holds, but you spot the door and you see that they the gremlins realize what you're going to be trying to do and. There's several of them heading that way to try to cut you off. Now, there's still a chance that you can make it, but it looks like they're probably going to get there before you to the doors that go into the lobby. Now, the other option are the exit doors that are way down by the uh, screen itself. That's also, there's a lot of gremlins between you and and those. And then uh, there's also the projection booth. Now, that would require a bit of a climb, but they might not be expecting it. But it is going to be a bit more difficult than, um, than what you had hoped by just running out into the lobby. Well, I'm going to go with the
1: rule of fun on this one. And we're going to climb up, up, and away. Okay.
0: <clears throat> one more roll. Act under pressure. Ooh, that's Act good. Under there is pressure. so much pressure. That's a nine. Nine is good. Uh, nine is choices. All right, so you can launch yourself up and catch a hold of the of the edge of the open area around the projector booth, where you can then kind of climb in, um, you know, right beside the projector. But the gremlin that's on your back will still be on your back when you get up there. Or you can get up there and into the projection booth, as I just illustrated. But there will already be gremlins there. or you can get up into the projection booth. The gremlin on your back will be scraped off along the way, but he will grab your one of your cowboy boots on the way down and jerk it off of your foot and then take it with him back down into the Well morass below.
2: That's unacceptable. That, <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> that,
1: I mean, you do drive a hard bargain because I mean... Them boots, well, first of all, they ain't cheap. No, <laughs> Oh, Nathan Winters, he don't buy himself no cheap boots. But uh, let's go with that one anyway, because uh, it's probably going to probably gonna be more traumatic for him if he loses a boot out of this.
0: So as you scrabble into the projection booth, the gremlin slips down your leg, flowing all the way, but he gets a hold of your boot, and it, it pulls off, and then down he goes. And you see... You see him, it's like the scene from Die Hard, as he drops away from you, holding on to the boot, and then he kind of points it at you as if he's getting ready to shoot you with it. (laughs) But instead, he just hits the ground like four feet below and goes, "Oh!" And then you're in the projection booth. What are you doing? What am I doing? There are gremlins
1: overrunning
0: your theater. Well, I'm trying to decide how how extreme I want to be here. Uh... Would you like to investigate a mystery to try to see if uh, you can come up with a what can hurt it? Or That's a good idea. Let's do that. Uh, so investigate a mystery is uh, plus sharp.
2: Oh, 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 oh boxcars. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: Ooh. All right. Well, that's going to give you two holds. And you get to choose between what happened here, what sort of creature is it, what can it do, what can hurt it. Where did it go? What was it going to do, and what is being concealed here?
1: Uh, Definitely what can hurt it, and uh, what were my first couple options there? One of those early ones sounded What happened
0: here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? Like I said, definitely what
1: can hurt it, and I'm going to pick what sort of creature is it, uh, just on the off chance that it's not something as simple as, no, it's actually a gremlin. Maybe get some yeah. more insight as to, I guess,
0: almost of what's going
1: on here, but in the aspect of what the hell is it?
0: Okay. So, as you fall into the projection booth, the light on the projector is on, light in the booth is on. You didn't get the reel of the movie started. In fact, when you saw the cocoon thing down there, uh, you, in in fact didn't even finish putting the reel onto the projector but now your eyes fall on the tin the big tin that holds the uh, those big old rolls of film that your your projector uses and on the tin in raised letters that have been punched in from the back it says Nix Production Company NYX Production Company in case of emergency film <laughs> and you just always thought that was a joke <laughs> but you were having such a hard time getting the film to run that now <laughs> you're wondering I mean
1: there's that movie moment where you know you're looking down at that message uh, almost, uh, almost a breaking the fourth wall moment where Nathan looks like right at the camera <laughs> except for uh, you know it, it's kind of the viewpoint uh, out into where the, the gremlins are and he says well I suppose, in all my life, I've never been more certain that this was an emergency. And I have no
0: idea what in the Sam Hale is going on here, (laughs) so why not? The movie that also comes to your mind, in answer to one of your questions, is um, The Last Action Hero, (laughs) where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character comes out of the movie. So, what does one need to do in order to put a character back into a movie? Well. Roll it backwards? I was going to say play the movie. <laughs> oh,
2: that's, that's clever, though.
0: You begin to play it backwards, and all of the gremlins become um, ACDC fans. And, <laughs> and then they just start wagging their tongues at you. <laughs>
3: Eating food after midnight, no
2: sunlight. Eating food after midnight, <laughs> no sunlight.
0: <laughs> what do you do? Nathan,
2: mosh um uh,
1: so i i take it i have not hit play on the uh in case of
0: emergency play movie movie yet no you weren't able to get the reel onto the projector you've still got to do that and even as you realize that it i mean what had happened was you started to put the reel onto the projector but you dropped it mm. and so it's still there on the table next to the next to the projector. You need to get it on there and get it threaded if that's what you want to do, if you want to play the movie. Absolutely. Even as gremlins are tearing up seats down below and starting to climb up themselves in a pyramid of gremlins toward the uh, projection booth window.
1: Well, in maneuvers that are as practiced and as old as time, the old Nathan Winters, he grabs that rail, puts it on, and just as smooth and as quick as he can.
0: It absolutely will be smooth and quick. If you roll high enough, on act under pressure. All right. Big money, no whammies. I mean, that's an eight.
2: Could be worse. Could be worse.
0: It could be. But of course, the seven to nine range means choices. Yes, you're going to get the reel onto the projector, but gremlins are going to have already have swarmed in, and they're going to be clawing at you even as you hit play. You will almost certainly still take some gremlin damage, maybe enough to send you into unconsciousness. Or you're going to get the reel onto the projector, and you're going to hit play, and it's going to start playing, and whatever then happens, happens, but then the whole thing is going to catch on fire. Or you're going to get the reel on, you're going to hit play, whatever happens, happens, but your boot will also be sucked into the movie. Um,
1: well, those are two real good options. By good, (laughs) I mean bad. But, uh... Just because I want to see where you're going with it, I'm going to go with, uh, the last option. And
0: I want my boot in this movie.
1: I want to you're see right. what this is all about.
2: <laughs> I was oh, wondering oh, where oh, that oh, oh, shoe oh, oh, oh. came from in that movie.
0: All right. You begin. You slap the reel on. Well practiced. Many times, hundreds, thousands perhaps of times. Bam. On it goes. You don't know why you dropped it earlier. It never happened to you before. You hit play. Goes the projector. And. The movie comes up on the screen, and suddenly all the gremlins, even the ones that were just about to start um, swarming through the projector booth window, they all turn and look at the screen. And it doesn't start at the beginning, it starts at the scene where they're all in the movie theater and they see themselves up on the screen. And then, like a portal sucking them back in, like a whirlpool, they start getting pulled into that scene on the screen and the last one to go is the first one that you encountered it goes kicking and screaming as it flies feet first toward the movie screen in the front of the theater still holding on to your boot as if that could keep it in this reality but then both it and the boot disappear into the screen into the scene and you see a little sea, a little known little bit there of gremlins, only maybe two or three frames. There is a gremlin wearing one cowboy boot. <laughs> the van continues to tumble end over end down the highway. Cthoom, ka cthoom. There's a sickening thud as Haven Harrow smashes against some large piece of equipment that Dr. Grace has back in the back. Nathan Winters gets tangled up in a wheelchair. Dr. Grace, you also have had many experiences with the supernatural, more than probably anyone else here except maybe Haven herself. There's one, though, that stands out to you as your seatbelt presses against you, tightening, jerking against you um, so that you feel the pressure of gravity of centrifuge um spinning you around what is that encounter
2: that was the thing that lived in the river in my hometown of blank montana go on i had heard about it from the other kids in the town they said that it was part myth that uh mostly it had started from parents who wanted their kids to behave but there were some who said that there was some truth to it that if you stood on the bank in the right spot or at the right time of day or both you would see something underneath the surface the face of an old man, the body of a baby, and it would either speak to you or you wouldn't be seen again. And so young Grace, with the scientific interest that she was developing, decided to test out these theories. What was the exact right place? She collected uh, uh, different stories that people told about where their friends, brothers, cousins, mother had seen it, or when, what time of day somebody had disappeared and uh she started testing out. I shouldn't talk about her in third person. I started testing out different places to stand, different times of day. What was the right thing to say? Should I be alone or with a friend? That was often Haven, who always believed in the thing in the river. And uh, slowly we marked off places on our map where nothing happened, and we marked off times of day, times of year, the phase of the moon, and it came down to uh the waning crescent. It had to be. In the last few nights of the waning crescent, it had to be sunset when the light would hit the water just the right way. So it didn't work if the day was cloudy and I had to be alone or I had to appear to be alone. And so I had Haven hide up in the reeds on the riverbank and I had my notebook and under the water, suddenly the shadows coalesced into this incredibly wrinkled, almost like a caricature of an old person. Staring up from under the water, but like completely flat. Not like a person who was looking up at you from the river, but like completely flat with the surface. And I realized it wasn't actually in the water, it was in a reflection, and it was behind me.
0: And as you remember this, let's go back to that moment. There in the cool, crisp night of fall, the moon in the right phase, all things correct except you know, you aren't alone. Haven is near, not close, but near in the reeds. There is that smell in the air of leaves that have just fallen, that have just been rained on. The river, as it feeds into the larger Yellow River, it is not deep at this time of year, although the rains have started again. And this was perhaps your first clue, but it was also the breath on the back of your neck. It was also the feel of the hands that came and grabbed you. What do you do?
2: I'm going to ask it a question. How long have you lived here?
0: It stops. Or rather, it might stop. Can you manipulate someone? Uh, you manipulate a yeah. monster.
2: I can't. Well, uh, actually, I don't know if I can manipulate a monster. I think that's a monstrous.
0: Yeah, that's a monstrous thing.
2: Playbook move. But
0: uh, this is a special case, so manipulate someone. Okay. Plus charm.
2: Plus charm. I have a roll plus charm, and so oh, good. Grace has terrible charm, you guys. It's a five.
0: The dry, ancient voice in your ear says. For as long as has been, and then it grabs you and leaps into the water. No, wait, not into the water with you, into the reflection oh, in no. the water. And when you emerge, you are in a flipped, blank Montana. The world is black and white, not not the black and white of a moonlit night but black and white stark there is if it is black it's black if it's white it's white there there is just all this there's no nuance in between it is just this strange version of that same river bank the bridge over the river a blinding white almost the river itself a straight line of blackness the ground White here, black there, spotted all around. Uh, This creature is no longer what you thought you saw. It is a swirling of black and white, and it is swirling around you, and it, you know, you just know this, it wants to keep you here. It wants you to be part of this place without nuance of just good and evil and black and white and and it has it is itself is wrapping around you. It is pulling you tighter and tighter, almost serpentine like. What do you do? Other than take an experience point for, <laughs> having, <robustness laughs> for having failed
2: in- uh plant my feet a little more stubbornly and I'm going to ask, why do you want me to stay here? Am I food?
0: We want the wheel here, and it draws tighter.
2: Stick out my lip a little bit.
0: Take three harm.
2: Oh no. <laughs> uh, where's harm? Oh, there it is. Three is a lot, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Three's a lot in this game.
0: It is. There's a cracking in your back. Something pops. Then there's a hand, a real hand, not black and white, not this weird reversal thing that isn't really quite reversal, but something else. And it is Haven's hand and it is reaching up out of the black water of the river and it's just grasping blindly. What do you do?
2: I'll show you something real and I'll, I'll do one of those things where, um you know, when a kid doesn't want to be like physically moved by an adult and they kind of ragdoll onto the floor and then starfish out of its grasp and grab Haven's hand and I'll say, loss is real.
0: Act under pressure.
2: Act under pressure. Ugh, Grace, God fucking damn it. It's a it's another five. <laughs> Good grief.
0: You grab a hold of Haven's hand. It's the last thing you remember as there's another snapping sound and you take three more harm.
2: Oh, that's so much harm. Oh, that's so bad. That's... I'm at six out of seven harm.
0: (laughs) The van continues flipping. Ahead of it, LJ, on Luna, you have turned around to face Pestilence, and something else has happened. You have gone somewhere else. Lori of the Angels has come forth. Lori of the Angels sends sends pestilence chained to the convocation of angels. Lori has said to you that they will keep it as long as they can. And you see the van flipping over and over and over. It hits nose first right in front of Luna, bounces you see inside the cab, you see, sloshy, lost of form, just all goo and cowboy hat. And you see Dr. Grace being thrown around in her seat, the airbag already having gone off just as a useless piece of plastic now. And then you see past them in this moment of clarity, Haven. Haven bouncing around in the back Nathan Winters and then the whole sprinter van completely flies over you and Luna and Time speeds back up it lands with a sickening terrible thud and scraping of metal as it hits on its roof and skids down the road another 20 or 30 yards what do you do
3: how much of that lorry energy do i still feel
0: maybe a
3: bit. How much
0: do you think you feel? Because a lot of it's going towards keeping pestilence confined or, you know, taking pestilence to the convocation.
3: Okay. I mean, there
0: still could be residue coming through. Sure.
3: I just wonder how quickly if LJ in that moment was like, no, and flicked angel wing style. If he was still holding onto some of that Lori uh, energy. To be able to grab people from the van as it's tumbling over the top of him. And pull them to where he is at.
0: Hmm. There was a time, LJ,
3: when... I didn't know anything about angels, man. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time
0: when Haven Harrow saved your life. What was it?
3: It was actually when we were exploring um, through the woods... Back in our youth and was actually like some of what made me absolutely adore her for the amazing human that she is. We were walking across a bridge and she grabbed me just as we were crossing this rope and basically two by four bridge that had wet rot and was falling apart as I stepped onto a plank and she just happened to grab me and pull me back just the right point of balance so that I didn't go down into that uh, Roiling River uh, back in our hometown.
0: So you try to do what it is that you want to do here. You try to save at least one of them the way that you were saved, even though there's no logical, no... No law of physics should ever allow this to happen. But then again, pestilence was here. Then again, somehow, the you that was in a book was
3: here. Act under pressure. Oh, what's my cool? I know, right? (laughs) LJ's a little cool. Ooh, uh, ten. Who do you pull out?
2: This is like the bridge scene from season two all over again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so hard because in some ways I want to pull out Haven, but more recently I've connected more closely with Gracie. Um uh, Before you make your decision. Okay.
0: When you were kids, what happened to well, Andrea Andy Locke? There was you know, the girl that used to run with you all.
3: Andrea Locke was one of those we thought she got kidnapped kind of stories. She just Vanished one day. We don't know why. We don't know how. Everybody had their own theory on it. um, But nothing could ever be proven.
0: Who do you choose? Gracie. Somehow, you reach out. You see Dr. Grace's eyes meet yours as the van goes over your head. And you reach out just instinctively. And somehow, then, she is next to you. On the ground next to Luna, and so is so is Haven Harrow, and so is Nathan Winters.
2: Oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> and so is Sloshy.
2: <laughs> oh, yay, Sloshy! Yay, Sloshy!
0: Sorry, that was too loud.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> and for a moment, standing there, a form that you can only kind of see because of its translucence is Andy Locke standing in the road, smiling at you. For a moment, she is how you remember her as a kid, but then there's a flicker, and she's there in her adult form, the form of Cassie Sutherland, who you encountered quite a number of times in the 50s, LJ. What? As she, over and over again, took you out to the drag races on Highway 36. What? And then she vanishes. Sojourners at home, for those of you who don't have uh, the video feed, uh, uh, Jessie is um, apparently uh, pop, uh, apoplectic. Uh, I can't say the word.
3: Apoplectic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, wow.
2: Jeezy crazy.
3: I know her.
0: <laughs> I know her. And then, LJ, the van finishes its spin, lands on its roof and skids down the road, but there's no one in it
3: now. Sparks and stuff flying off of it.
2: Oh, my poor van!
3: Oh Gracie, you all right? Haven, Nathan. Haven is unconscious. Haven, Haven.
2: Don't touch her head. Don't move
3: her head. Doctor
0: Grace, you have taken two harm from the injuries sustained in the in the car crash before LJ somehow saves you. Uh huh. Nathan, you. Actually, take three because you were unsecured in the back.
2: Question: Does the two harm stack with the harm that Child Me took earlier?
0: No. Okay. Uh, you can you can erase all of the harm that you had taken from uh, your memories.
2: Ooh, that's a good thing.
3: I still have my harm from pestilence, though. Yes.
2: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Doctor
0: Grace, you are at um, minus one ongoing. And uh, Nathan, you were just suffering intense pain. It's it's pretty localized. You appear to have broken your leg.
2: Happily, I have spare wheelchairs.
0: There's an explosion. (laughs) 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 It's a small explosion. It's not like the entire van just blew up, but there is an explosion in the back of the van from something.
2: I I reach out for a minute like I could stop it from happening. Like, oh, oh, my van. All of my medical equipment's in there.
0: Nathan, you're no longer in the van. What are you doing? Uh, I'm assuming he's somewhere near the van, though. You are next to LJ, who is on uh, his motorcycle, and the others are on the pavement around you. the The van is about twenty yards away or so down the road, on its roof, um, smoking with a little bit of a fire that just popped up in the uh, in the back. You don't know how you got here. Unless you just fell out of the van while you were flying through the air?
1: Uh, Definitely going to move towards the van, uh, limping that way to see if there's anybody that needs to try to get out.
0: Everybody who was in the van is now here around you. Okay, so there's nobody left in the van? There is no one left in the van.
1: And anybody look like they need any sort of first aid at the moment, or...?
2: Well, there is a broken leg and an unconscious.
0: Uh, You need first aid, and Doctor Grace (laughs) needs first aid, and Haven Harrow is unconscious, and Sloshy is a pool of goo. (laughs) Pool of goo sounds really bad, and I have all these cool abilities, and none of
1: them work in like any situation I've been in yet. (laughs) Um
3: (laughs) At the same time, LJ had been like Haven, and like hopped off of Luna, like slow motion, like as Luna slowly falls to the ground. LJ's in the air and reaching for Haven.
2: Don't touch her head. Don't move her head.
3: Yeah, and and by
1: the way, what in the Sam Hell is going on here?
2: I would like to know the same thing myself. But first, we should tend to our injuries. Actually, I'm gonna look around because I don't know yet that pestilence isn't still like stalking us.
0: <laughs> pestilence is maybe still here, maybe not. You don't know, so I would say, um, because I like giving you chances to, um, you know.
2: Earn earn more XP. Earn
0: more XP. Read a bad situation.
2: Yeah, this is the, you know, the first thing you do in first aid. Is the scene safe? Okay, it's a natural 10. Plus whatever read a bad situation is. Sharp. It is a 13.
0: Nice. Wow. Dr. Grace is pretty sharp. That's a hold three.
2: Woo! Are there any dangers we haven't noticed?
0: Interestingly, the danger that was here... You you don't have actually a, a really clear memory of it or of much of the accident at all, but uh, you you do know that the last thing you remember is Pestilence was right there on that big old horse um, right in front of the van, and he, it is not there anymore. But dangers, maybe, maybe not, but there are uh, cars- that have stopped uh, some distance away, and people are starting to get out of them and look at the accident that has just happened. And some appear to be on their cell phones, so it is probably not long before the Macon Police Department shows up.
2: Okay. Noted. Get tub for sloshy. I have I have three holds. Uh, what is the biggest threat? Unless it would be the same answer as you just gave me.
0: Because LJ just leaped off, uh, leapt off of Luna and is um, rushing toward Haven, Luna is about to fall over on top of uh, Sloshy.
2: Oh, okay. I'll uh, <laughs> cash Luna and put the kickstand down. <laughs> What's the best way to protect the victims in this case, meaning us?
0: <laughs> Sloshy needs to be unsloshified. Uh huh. And because if the. Police department shows up and and Sloshy is gooing around, then there's going to be problems. Let's see. You had to use your legs to create a device.
2: Oh, yeah, I did. I'm just sat on the ground, huh?
0: Yeah. And you're just sort of there propping up Luna. (laughs) So it's very heavy. It's a heavy bike. You need to get out from under Luna. You need to fix Sloshy, and then you need to get... Haven, and probably Nathan, and possibly you, real medical attention, since you don't have uh, the means at the moment to do it yourself. So probably the best way to protect the victims is actually to let the police department and the emergency services people do what it is that they are Mm -hmm. trained to do, despite the problems that may cause later.
2: Could I, like, reasonably have... Anything on me, like I don't know, water bottle, my medical bag. Could you? I don't know.
0: what do you think I am, the GM or something? <laughs> that's for that's for alien. What do you think is reasonable here? Do you have uh, one of those things?
2: I can't imagine that Doctor Grace makes a habit of not having anything in her pockets. So I'll probably start patting all of my pockets, and I'm trying to find a container that's big enough to kind of scoop sloshy into.
0: Okay, we're back to the alien RPG, where you're just trying to put things into freaking mason jars. I'm trying
2: to put, I'm trying to put Slashy <laughs> in a mason jar. <laughs> Actually,
0: I, I have a vision right now in my head of as whatever was happening, I, well, I see LJ reaching out to you through through the van, grabbing your arm, pulling you ghost-like through the surface of the van. You kind of looking back, seeing your bag floating there, kind of (laughs) in in (laughs) gravity, you know, without gravity, and grabbing it too. I'm going to give you an act under pressure to uh, cool. Have done that. uh, Have grabbed that bag. Uh,
2: That's plus cool. A lot of rolling is my
3: favorite roll.
0: I have missed uh, monster of the week.
2: It's a nine. Excellent.
0: On a nine, you have some choices. (laughs) (laughs) You can have grabbed the medical bag, but when it all came out and everybody came down together, you will just have noticed that it came down in the midst of Sloshy and split him into two. (laughs) Or you will have grabbed the medical bag, but it will have come open in midair and half of its contents will have sprayed out and will be still in the van. A minus one, in other words, a minus one ongoing... Uh, when trying to use anything related to the bag until you have a chance to replace its content, okay, or you got the bag out, but then you smashed yourself over the head with it when you landed, and you took another <laughs> harm <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean <laughs> I mean, I am about to you know hopefully go to a hospital, although you know what I feel like being splashed in half is not necessarily a something that will sloshy permanent harm I kind of get the impression that hasn't this isn't this the one that that like leaked through the stairs that one time
0: sure I mean he leaks through a lot of things
2: yeah no I th-
0: you know what I can I'll go ahead and give you another uh, give, uh, investigate a mystery
2: oh, okay cool Ooh. awesome because
0: that's that's gonna give you a what can it do question and you've been studying him for a while so 11 oh geez. what can <sighs> it do <laughs> you have actually spent a fair bit of time studying the Doppelgangers. A solid division like this, he's probably not going to reform as he was.
2: Oh, okay.
0: He is probably going to become too sloshies. Huh. As a bit of sloshy osmosis. <laughs>
2: Sloshmosis Jones.
0: Sloshmosis, <laughs> and osmosis is not the correct word, but you can still come onto our Twitter feed and tell me how wrong I was saying osmosis. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: um uh. Yeah. No. Well. In. Uh. Uh. Gosh. That might be useful, actually. Two smaller sloshes. <laughs> now I'll go with my first instinct and have uh, bonked myself with the bag.
0: Oh, man. Bummer.
2: I <laughs> mean, yeah, that might be kind of...
0: <laughs> I was uh, totally going to make it the... Um, I was going to make Sloshy uh, reform as the uh, twin girls from uh, The Shining.
2: <laughs> Come, oh! slosh <laughs> Come Slosh with us.
0: Come Slosh with us. <laughs> slosh with us forever. Forever.
2: And then all the forever all the Sloshies spill ever. out of the elevator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just doppelganger dude coming out of the <laughs> elevator. <laughs>
2: Yes. Oh man,
0: so yeah, you are pretty injured at this point and not thinking particularly straight, but you do have your bag, and in the bag is a um one of those large like almost like a ziploc bag, but it's um you know uh for lab samples and such,
2: yeah, it's got like a little seal that I peel off, yeah, I'll try and scoop sloshy in there.
0: We'll see if you get enough to make Sloshy not be two creepy twin girls from (laughs) Super Shiny.
3: Right? You get like a hamster amount.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Two creepy twin hamsters from Shiny.
2: Hey, y'all ever tried to scoop up goo with your hands?
0: You're gonna have to let Luna down at some point here to do this. Uh, You are not feeling well. Uh, You did save Sloshy from being crushed by by the bike, but and you're able to kind of wriggle out from under it. But Luna is. Alas, on its side. Um, LJ, you are next to Haven. What are you doing?
3: I think I've spent a lot of that trying to tap into Lori. And I imagine LJ just remembering that lay on hand spell and trying to use magic. No, no, Haven, you can't be. No. And like just trying to gather energy and pump life back into Haven.
0: I'd say she's only unconscious, not dead, but <laughs> he doesn't really know that. <laughs>
3: so He's not very sharp. <laughs> that is definitely not a role I want to use, but neither is weird, which is the use magic. So Yep, well,
0: use it anyway. You are trying to channel the last vestiges of book magic here.
3: She's one.
0: You are the mundane, after well, all, unless you're about I to change am. playbooks.
3: Um, not yet. That was not good. That was barely a six. Barely missing. Nathan, would you like to help out or try to help out?
0: You are are also looking around for injured people and such, so I can see you rushing over there to to help.
1: Uh, I do, uh, and I actually get bonuses for
0: helping out. Hmm. Finally, something your sidekick
1: can (laughs) do. Yeah, no, actually, he's really good at this. I think the best one is there is no I in team. Do you even have to roll? Yeah, I get I get bonuses. So let's Well and then and then Ooh. that could happen right there. Um huh. You yeah. don't
3: help out. <laughs> you put yourself in immediate danger of this crazy magic that I'm trying to summon. Anyway. Um there's an
0: explosion <laughs> as
2: no. LJ
0: attempts to channel magic that was never meant for this world anyway. I'm so sorry. Jesse, I'm so sorry, LJ. Luna explodes.
2: Oh, no!
3: Oh! I'm gonna cry myself oh my to sleep God. on my pillow tonight. And you all lose
0: consciousness. Oh. oh! You wake up in the Samaritan Hospital in Macon, Missouri, and, Dr. Grace, there is a man standing in your room. He is wearing a very natty suit. Uh, with a, a bow tie. And it is Ethan Cray of the Nyx Collective. And he says, Oh, good, you're awake, finally. It's important that you be so. The box is still opening. War has emerged. And it's probably going to be a while before we find out what happens oh! in the contemporary now <laughs> as we return to the alien RPG on the next. Oh! Oh, Patrick! Gothic podcast.
2: (laughs) Oh my god,
3: I'm turning purple, I'm so
0: mad. What happens is his nose
2: is broken! Except probably not, because I don't have any feet right now. The Gothic Podcast is a humor and horror actual play podcast produced by C. Patrick Nagel. Starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon gallery LaFournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Season 3 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Alien RPG produced by Free League Publishing and Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland and original artwork by Jared George Art. If you enjoy the Gothic Podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Visit our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds, and check out our Patreon page. Thanks!
0: And Richard, feel free to take a few seconds since I gave you no warning on this whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're ready for it, I'll run with it. But Go,
1: go for it. Do it. It's, it's going to get weird.